Hey everybody. Tonight's hey. Jesus Christ. <laughs> way too loud. Way way too loud. <laughs> uh tonight's podcast is brought to you by lonestarbuttons.com. Lone Star Buttons. They're fantastic. We need a catchphrase for them. The the coupon code isn't good enough. Nah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Lone Star Buttons will create your custom button design in different sizes and shapes. They also do bottle openers, mirrors, and magnets. I've got one right here. You can take a look right there. I don't know if it's too too close to the camera. Anyway, um, yeah, use them because you need the free promotional items. Uh, and it's very inexpensive. And uh, he does a great job. Brennan, right? <laughs> Hell yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, to get in touch with Lone Star Buttons, the best. you can email info at LoneStarButtons.com or you can call the app, the owner, Adam Stimpy Jones. This is going, getting, this is off to a great start, Brennan. Yeah, it uh, sounds really good. <laughs> 281-798-1996. Use the coupon code I want to suck on your hairy tits and get some buttons thrown in for free. Um, we're also brought to you by Jessica Dieter, agent of insurance. Ow. Do you need home insurance, auto insurance, flood insurance, or whatever else she does? I don't know. Um, get in touch with Jessica Dieter if you live in Texas and you would like to save some money on insurance. Uh, and by saving money, I don't mean a shitty policy from a company that won't pay out if some if your house burns down or you get in a car accident. Uh, it's all A-rated carriers, and uh, she'll set you up with a great policy. Just give her a call at 281-607-5263. Uh, tell, him Gabe, tell her Gabe sent you. I don't know. Uh, we're also brought to you by Destro's Treasure. Uh, Destro's Treasure is an Etsy website. Is that correct, Brennan? Is that the right terminology? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. It's a webpage. <laughs> it's a webpage on the internet. W- slash shop slash Destro's Treasure. Uh, we carry art gifts like this Frankenstein uh, plastic coaster that we made by hand. Uh, this one's called Biclo- Biclops. It's because he has two eyes. Get it? It's a joke. You know what? Yep. I actually have two different beers sitting on two different coasters right now on my table and you know what they're fucking working great two beers two beers is that like are you saying you have a problem is this my cry for help i don't know <laughs> 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 i don't know uh what is that old timey uh alcoholic oh jesus christ i wish i could think of it right now anyway go buy some coasters i got plenty of them and they're all nice and shiny and new uh, we also carry zines, uh, and handmade jewelry by Jessica Dieter, maker of jewelry. Um, <laughs> Brennan, I think it's time to start the show. Here we go. I think it is too. Let's do it. The Betty Ford Clinic. <laughs> Well, Brennan, we're off to a rough start, aren't we? Yeah, we are. And like, and the people listening and watching will never know. Well, they wouldn't have, but then you fucking blew the showbiz magic. We're actually lucky 13 minutes into the show. 
and we're starting all over because some wise ass didn't plug in the uh the pluggy anything before (laughs) before it restarted the computer so that's that and this is this uh don't bring your mother into this um what's up brennan (laughs) as if i didn't already know (laughs) what what is your favorite like yo mama joke uh all of them on that far side song (laughs) have you heard that far side song yeah 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 yeah. it's classic whoa yeah nice 90s hip-hop classic uh i like um it goes something like uh i tried to drive around your mama but i ran out of gas okay yeah, yeah, thanks for not laughing, asshole. <laughs> You're just leaving me hanging out here in the open. Uh, like the first one I ever heard was uh, "Yo, Mama's so fat she broke her leg and she broke her leg and gravy poured out." <laughs> I've heard that, that one. That's nice. That, that's yes, that, I think that's probably my favorite. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Oh man, I'm so glad yeah. your voice is coming through on the uh, the recording. That's nice. So speaking up. Yep. Doing good. Is it picking up? Is it picking up? Is it picking up? All right. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Uh, So do you want to retell your your job woes right now? Uh, Not really. How about about I tell tell them yours and you tell them mine? (laughs) And we'll see how... I was paying attention to what you were talking about. Damn it. I was about to say, (laughs) then we'll see how well we're listening to each other. (laughs) Oh, well... we are clearly just waiting for our turn to talk whenever we're doing these things over the phone. Not true, not true. I know exactly <laughs> what you said. Liar. You basically said, fuck oil, <laughs> fuck oil and gas. I'm yeah. getting the fuck out of here. Pardon my French. And uh, I'm going to learn to code like Obama told me. <laughs> yeah, so this is like the same things that I've been saying on the show for the last six years. Pretty, so. pretty much. <laughs> hey, at least you're consistent. But, yeah. but hey, I'm doing it now, so, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm doing my best. These people they they do not care about my well being. No, your your uh your job is lousy with COVID right now. Oh yeah, it's everywhere. Like and he, here's the jacked up thing. There's like somebody that actually came back to my department that's been out on FMLA for three months for, you know, undisclosed reasons, but this individual does have respiratory issues. Mm-hmm. And this is like their second day back at work. They went to the medical department to try to get a waiver so they didn't have to wear a mask. Wow. Yeah. Where have they been? I, I don't know. And, you know, it's not my business because it's a medical issue, whatever. No, fine. I mean, where have they been that they don't understand what's going on right now? Oh, they, they, they fully, you know, they understand, but they probably also have their own theories about what's going on. That's the whole problem. It's like most of the people that we work with, like, they don't believe it because they all, like, live in the suburbs. They think it's like a city problem or something. It's stupid. Wow, that's crazy. It's, it's like they just, it, you know, and it's there, too. That's what I don't fully understand, you know, but. You know. So I've been hearing a lot of uh, anti-BLM demonstration uh, propaganda yeah. over the wire, so to speak, uh, mm-hmm. that a lot of what's happening right now is because of the protest. And I, I mean, of course, I don't believe that because, you know, sunlight, anything you do in the sun yeah. negates any contamination. Like, that's the, the way I see it. I mean... The virus. Well, like a study, a study was actually done, and whenever you like go through and you see where the spikes are happening right now, they're not typically happening in places where there were massive demonstrations. You know, right? So I mean, isn't it happening happening mainly in the south? It's all in the south in places that reopened early. Yeah, you know, 
it's not happening in places where there were, you know, large gatherings or whatever. Like, you know, New York City was having, you know, 150,000 people show up to their protests and they didn't experience it, the spike that we were experiencing. Right. You know, Los Angeles, you know, San Francisco, Oakland, you know, Portland even, like, they didn't see the same level of spike that we saw. It's all the places that reopened, you know, in, you know, mid-May or whatever. Yeah. That's where you're seeing the spikes happening. Well, it seems like bars were a bad idea. Restaurants, oh, bars were restaurants, uh, non-patio restaurants was a bad idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, tons of people are at the beaches. That's not a problem. It seems like it's just yeah, the beaches seem to be working out. What's that? So the beaches, like, they seem to be, you know, not really being that big of an issue. Right. Yeah. I don't know, man. This is uh It's already too political for my liking. <laughs> yeah, the whole I mean, the whole mask thing. What should have been like so easy you know yeah and, and it could have been you know if it if it had come from the top it definitely would have been like really easy you know yeah but it didn't nope. so and you know it was delegated down to you know lesser authorities and it didn't come from there either who the vice like, president the no it was like delegated down to the states yeah yeah and know. you know in the southern states as well you know they just towed the line they followed what the president said yeah so hey while we're talking about i mean we're not exactly talking about donald trump but can we talk about uh, Fred Trump for a second? Sure. That's fucking bull. Good lord. Uh, the picture <laughs> I shared with you uh, yeah. that I got from Michael Rappaport, who, you know, he goes, in my opinion, you know, it, it's already tiring, you know? I'm, I'm like, yeah. really over uh, all the hatred. <laughs> but uh, it, it was just amazing to me, that Fred Trump picture, because it looked like a Picasso painting. Yeah, he, his, he looks his, like a physically warped human being. His close eye was behind him. His yeah. ear was like under his head. <laughs> uh, his hairpiece was pretty like Stan Lee-ish. Like it kind of just rested on top of his yeah. giant skull. It was weird, he, man. He, look, he looks like that cockroach guy from Men in Black. You yeah, know? the skin suit. Like, like just like an alien that's like inside of like a human skin corpse you know yeah and it's just piloting this thing around it's like the, the shapes are just not right yeah it, well, it's just it's ghoulish yeah like he's uh he's an animated corpse or something yeah now imagine that beating the shit out of you for like the first 20 years of your life <laughs> is that what happened yeah i mean he was he was there, there was there was a lot of abuse in that house yeah that's what that's what i read but i, I had never yeah. heard that i mean it makes sense but yeah i mean you, you don't want you don't turn into donald trump on accident you know like that that, that is a, a a system that has taken place and just you know it's just water over a rock smoothing you out and molding you into that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah over looks time like, looks like that guy uh fell in a river and was pulled out a week later and yeah. then uh i don't know put in a jerky maker <laughs> i don't know and then reanimated and put into a tuxedo i think i'm gonna use that as the uh the cover art How's that sound? I think that's a good idea. All right. Maybe I'll do a little Photoshop to make him look more presentable. I don't think... Nah, just leave it alone. Let it... Let it, uh, let, it let it be what it is. I want to straight... I want to put his ear where it should be and, and reverse <laughs> his eyeballs. Because oh, that's just... I, 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 I'm curious. Yeah. Um, I was... Uh, <laughs> R.I.P. Charles Daniels. Or as people like to hear... Like to call him Charlie Daniels. Yeah. Um, that guy had a really good song. <laughs> you cannot deny that that song was pr- 
pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, he was genuinely talented. I mean, he went a little crazy there at the end, but, you know, who doesn't? How crazy did he go, though? He didn't really like QAnon stuff, I think. Oh. Like, he, like, really kind of went over the edge with it. You know, he, he, and he was like, like, he was an old man with a Twitter account. You know, put it that way. Yeah. QAnon and, just seems too too fancy, man. Like, QAnon is like, I don't. Uh, I don't need a messiah to tell me <laughs> what conspiracies are going on in the world and that they're all connected. Like, I can see that for myself, you know? Right. Uh, and we'll get into that later yeah. in the show. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, rest in peace, Charlie Daniels. Yeah. That went to Georgia was a banger. Yeah. Super banger. Wow. I think, I think that was the, I think that was one of the first, like, uh, country representations of the devil <laughs> in a song <laughs> like it gave you that whole vibe you know i mean definitely the coolest one yeah well yeah that's true yeah oh there goes white claw number one yes <laughs> i'm calling <laughs> calling betty ford's first three digits right now uh also i watched a document i'm gonna say this in quote documentary called the okay. myth of space travel Oh. <laughs> oh my god, man. I I have never I thought my eyes were going to start bleeding. Like the nonsense. Like Netflix? No, it was like, like it was on YouTube, but it was a I think it was a BBC production or something. Really? It was like an official like documentary mocking people that believed in just aliens could come to Earth. Like it was so really? ridiculous. And I was sitting here. I watched the whole thing because you know they were mixing it. They were mixing like a ridiculous amount of information into this uh, that was just pro alien and then anti alien. But the anti alien stuff was like basically saying that uh, anybody that believed in UFOs was a flat earther. And I was like, <sighs> they even brought that into the conversation. And I'm like, that yeah. has not one has nothing to do with the other. And I find that very insulting. And I'm sure, you know, a ton of people that have seen stuff uh, would find that insulting, too. It's just, man. Yeah. I kind of want to find, I want to find the, uh, who made that and uh, just kind of talk about that. But I didn't yeah. do it. I didn't do it for this episode. Well, I mean, that's like a thing that's kind of going on right now. And I think that, and honestly, it's the thing that kind of like, it's something that I think about when we do these shows is that, you know, Nowadays, the word conspiracy means a different thing than what it meant even when we started the show, you know? Like, there, there, there's so many new people that are getting lumped into, you know, this, you know, kind of thinking or whatever. That are Conspiracy theorists used to be, in you know, for me to put it in the words, would be a person that seemed just out there like crazy, if you want to say that. Right. Uh, but was right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it's like a per person's being driven mad by their own critical thinking. Right. Yes. For seeing, the, for seeing the world what it for what it is. Yeah. And and I think that there's like a lot of new stuff, like a lot of the, the, the QAnon stuff and a lot of the stuff that, you know, comes from 4chan or whatever. And it's just bullshit. Yeah. yeah that, that's, get, that's getting lumped into this history of people that have like done actual research and, you know, done Freedom of Information Act requests and gotten real information and assembled it and taken a lot of time to like make these like thoughtful observations. And they're right. just muddying the waters since there's these crazy people now, you know? Yeah, and it it's just a, an insult to people's intelligence that believe that, you know, 
uh, JFK was assassinated by the shadow government, you know, or Epstein right. was assassinated by the shadow government, or Hillary's hit list was assassinated by the shadow government. It's <laughs> like, ah, oh, man, it's like too simplistic to to point to the worst of a community and say that's what that community is, you know? Right. But I mean, that's, that's just kind of like the way that, you know, everything works now. Just like, you know, whenever you observe any event that happens in the media, you know, there's always these like two extreme versions of what happened when the truth is somewhere in the middle, but no one's even, even acknowledging the truth in the middle anymore. It's just, right. you pick a side, you pick a team, you know? And you know, that, that's one thing that's like, I find kind of frustrating about like doing this is that, you know, a lot of times, you know, the stuff that we pull up is based in, you know, very real information that you can find from legitimate sources and from, you know, and can be corroborated from a lot of places. Right. But, you know, I, I fear that sometimes, you know, what we're doing might get lumped in with something like QAnon. You know what I mean? I mean, a broken clock is work is right twice a day, you know? I'm not yeah, sure. I'm I'm not worried about QAnon because to me they they're not they don't exist. It's not a reputable source of information. Now, oh, no, if, I mean, if something I discover on my own uh, happens to, I guess, coincide with whatever they're saying, uh, I'm not going to say, "Oh, see, that lends credibility to what I what I'm thinking." No, I'm not going to. I'm not right. going to do that. But you know, it is what it is. I I got I got my own tracks. You got your yours. Uh, you know, we're just trying to figure shit out. Right. And I'm not. You know. I'm me, QAnon's them or they, whatever. Shim. <laughs> uh, oh, QAnon, QAnon is apparently JFK Jr. That it's been, you know, resurrected, and that's <laughs> oh, okay. a whole. That's a whole thing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think a lot of that. Is, be, I think a lot of that is trolls too. So. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what's like so messy about it. Because I mean, you know, and uh, I don't know. We should do a deep dive on them sometime. But anyway, uh, it's got to be interesting for me to. To lend my time towards the, that. Oh, know? Q is interesting, man. <laughs> the, the the people are interesting, but you know the 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 meat of the story maybe not so much. Uh, yeah, anyway. dude. Uh, you know, I <laughs> I lent my time to um, studying the peace, peace, love, and light movement in the UFO community, uh-huh. and uh, I'd rather not <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. just throw my time away like that again. I mean, I. I yeah. I spent, I spent a, I spent a good chunk of time, man. I never, okay. I never got anywhere with it. But uh, a friend of mine says that he learned how to, how to meditate from it. So you know, okay. At least it helped him do that. But uh, right. for me, right nothing. Um, what else? Yeah, the myth of, the myth of space travel. I put uh, even, even Germans can be fucking stupid too. Um, <laughs> and isn't that a relief? Like, doesn't it make you feel good whenever you see someone in the international community doing something stupid right now? Dude, I, I've been I've been hit to that forever. Like, I don't know, you know, a lot of people say that uh, British accents uh, lend a vibe of cre- credibility. But, oh, yeah. But not, you know, if you've watched Monty Python, you'll know <laughs> that, like, there are stupid fucking uh, British people, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like the fun... The fun TV to watch, like stupid yeah. British people, played by brilliant British people. But uh, watch a little Benny Hill every now and then. <laughs> hey, there you go. Exactly. Well, you want to get in some news? Yeah, sure. All sure. right. Oh wait, did we play the intro, or did we just start talking? We played the intro. We have to. Have. All right, news track. Okay. 
all know what time it is. It's time for the news with Gabriel Dieter and friends. He got warrants, bro. He got warrants. He got warrants. Oh my god. Okay, so Iran issues arrest warrant for Trump over uh, Qasim Soleimani killing after Interpol declines to help. I can't believe Iran called the police. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> Stop snitching! No shit. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. This week, Iran has called the, for the arrest of uh, President Donald Trump after issuing an official arrest warrant after being denied assistance from Interpol. Uh, the warrant is for the death of top Iranian general uh, Qasim uh, Soleimani and others, including uh, deputy head of the Iran-backed Iraqi Popular Mobilization Forces at uh, Baghdad International Airport during a drone strike ordered by President Trump. Uh, the warrant has further heightened tensions between the two countries since Trump withdrew the United States from the Iran nuclear deal. So yeah, we talked about this on the show a while back. Uh, you know, supposedly there was an attack on uh, an American installation or an allied installation in Iraq. Uh, by Soleimani, so they retaliated with a drone attack. That's why we're here. Right. Yeah. I just thought it was really interesting because, <clears throat> you know, Clinton can basically go anywhere. Bush, uh, I'm not sure he can go absolutely everywhere, but he can leave the country yeah. and be okay. Uh, I think there were threats that certain countries would arrest him for war crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as I know... That's like, it seems to be the, the first time I can remember that anyone is threatened to arrest a sitting president, you know? Yeah. So, yes. I don't well, know. It, it seems like this kind of went on a lot, like, during, uh, you know, just, like, the Bush administration, you know, people would threaten to, you know, arrest him, but never happened. No, the UN wouldn't sanction anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so, uh, if, he, if he goes, if Bush went into the wrong country, it's possible. I mean, he'd have to go to, like, Iran or something like that. I think, you know, maybe... Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. No, I think there was a European country. Hmm. Uh, I'll have... I'll, I'll look into that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I so, thought this was kind of weird. Like, just kind of off-the-wall, real shit happening. <laughs> like, you know, nobody seems to care what Iran does anyway. But uh, yeah. for them to go through... Try to go through the proper channels. Right. Uh, just kind of weird. Well, I mean, whenever this happened, the whole, you know, the drone strike was considered, you know, to be somewhat controversial. I think, I think it initially it was believed that the Iranian installation attacked first or something. Like, there was, it was something like that. I don't, I'm not 100% sure on the facts there. But, hmm. but I think there was, like, you know, initial aggression from the Iraqis installation, which, you know, was obviously U.S. backed or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's like, it's, it's really bizarre that, you know, they would go through Interpol after all these years. You know, it's really strange. Yeah. But, I don't know. So, yeah, it's like, it's saying that, uh, yeah, Trump was named with, like, 35 other individuals, like, around this attack. Um, Interpol, they received a request from the authorities. Uh, the organization said it would not meet with a committee to even discuss the matter. Uh, they just basically said that they wouldn't even consider requests of that nature because it's political. Yeah. Yeah. What if they, it seems like, I don't know, it'd be pretty tough, but you know how... America had propaganda during the Iraq war. Yeah. Uh, especially, you know, Bush himself said like catchphrases, like you're either with us or you're with the terrorists, you know? And uh, right. 
I'm sure you meant it, but uh, I, mean, I don't know. What it, just I'm seems, it just seems like Iran could mount a, a wave of propaganda. You know, they have the money to do it. Well, the thing that I'm curious about is like, you know, being that they went through Interpol to do this, it makes me wonder what sort of information they actually have. You know, like oh, what true. sort of case, what sort of case would they have to actually bring about, you know, international policing, you know, into this situation? Right. Because they apparently they have enough of a case where they felt confident that they could, you know, go to Interpol. You know, yeah, it makes me question that. Huh. Because I mean, I mean, you you can't. Because I mean, otherwise, you know, think about everything that's happened with Iran, like since basically the seventies. It's all just been like big gestures and saber rattling, and you know, you know, just generally starting shit. You know, it's never been, you know, hey, we're going to go through the right channels. We're going to try to do this the right way. They yeah. might have a case on something, you know, they might have some evidence. I wonder if they're learning, like, how to do stuff just to tie, it up, tie stuff up legally, you know? Yeah, I think they're trying to play the game the right way. And, you know, they might have it. And it makes me wonder. You know, I, yeah. I wouldn't want to completely discount their case just because Interpol says they, we don't do these to this feature, you know? Yeah. Since when? <laughs> yeah, no shit. I mean, <sighs> If you're a small country like that, what are your what are your resources? You know that would be. Well, I could be one resource in Iran that people would care about. But oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about right I, now. <laughs> eh, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, think, I mean things are tricky right now, but you know, I yeah. maybe that might be a possible motivation to go through the right channels. You know, who knows? Yeah, there, I think there's I think there's more to this than what this particular story is letting on. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure some YouTube. Uh, Conspiracy theorists can uh, tell us what's up. <laughs> There's an Iran guy somewhere that's really into it. So, there probably you know, is. Might be worth looking into. Yeah. There probably is. Uh, let's go to the next one. All right. Friend of the show. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. Uh, so, according to the New York Post here. Friend of the uh, show, Ghislaine Maxwell. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Jesus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Coronavirus uh, forced feds to delay Ghislaine Maxwell's arrest, according to sources. <laughs> How is that legal? I don't know, <laughs> like, man. Like to just say sources, like those sources, like could be you and me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Like it could be like anybody. They just say, you know, according to a source close to the matter. You know, like yeah. Uh, all they need, all they need to do is send an email to anyone and say, "Can you repeat this?" <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell finally got arrested. Uh, Federal authorities knew for months where alleged uh, Jeffrey Epstein madam Ghislaine Maxwell was hiding out, but couldn't arrest her in an underage sex trafficking scheme until Thursday thanks to the coronavirus pandemic. Law enforcement sources told the Post. This doesn't even say the FBI. Like, what are these law enforcement sources? I also think it's really interesting because, like, I know that during coronavirus, whenever I was out going to protests, there were, like, you know, cops beating the shit out of people. So they can't go arrest, like, one lady. (laughs) I mean, there were, like, riot cops fucking killing people in the street. (laughs) That's true. That is, yeah, not a very good explanation. That's Um, not a good allocation of resources. No, not at all. Yeah, so uh, apparently all this time, uh, she was being moved from house to house, like, all throughout the Midwest of the United States. Have you heard this story? No. Okay, this this is just, you know... Wait, 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 wait. She was being moved, or she was moving? Oh, she was being moved. By the FBI? No, she was being moved by Navy SEALs. What? This this is the story that I heard. Okay, okay? man, go for it. This, I, I want to hear this. This. Is, this is just, like, my, you know, kind of crazy bullshit. I, I'm, you know... You gotta tell me where you heard this too. Uh, there's a, a podcast called uh, True Anon. 
that is exclusively about Ghislaine Maxwell and, you know, Jeffrey Epstein and, you know, this whole Pizzagate shit. You know? Okay, so possible the, bullshit. <laughs> uh, most of what they've reported has been true. That's why I'm comfortable with sourcing them. Okay. But um, the, the story, you know, that they heard was that she was being moved with, there was like a small group of Navy SEALs. I, it doesn't, they don't specify whether or not these people were acting on behalf of the U.S. government or not. Uh, that I don't know. And, you know, I don't want to take any responsibility for saying that. Okay. But uh, she was being basically moved through a lot of safe houses throughout the Midwest while she was, uh, she'd established like this LLC to close on a property in New Hampshire where I think, that's where she ended up getting captured, right? Yes. Yeah. In uh, Bradford, New Hampshire, she bought a house like under like this uh, LLC that was kind of hard to trace back to her or whatever. And like until she could, you know, close on the house or whatever, she was being just kind of moved around by these individuals until she was able to settle into the house in New Hampshire where she was eventually captured. So I, I don't know if these people were like maybe private security agents, maybe ex-Navy SEALs or something like that. Yeah. But Navy SEALs was the term that was used. So that's kind of what I went with. Hmm. So, yeah. So she, she was being moved by somebody that, you know, apparently had some muscle and had some, you know, ability to handle an operation like that. I, I had heard that both her and uh, Jeffrey Epstein were deep into Mossad. Like, yes, it, it was basically a Mossad, uh, was it Honey Hole operation? Honey yeah. Trap. Honey Trap operation that would blackmail the most powerful people on Earth. Right. But and which which we already kind of knew that, but yeah, I mean Maxwell's dad was he was deep in the as well. Yeah, he, he died under like mysterious circumstances, and you know it was like a whole thing. Like, right. Yeah, that's that's like a whole other hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, uh, I think it was um, Netanyahu that was saying like we'll never know uh, what Jeffrey Epstein has done for Israel or something like that. Yeah, it's just fucking uh, weird, man. Real creepy. Super creepy. Uh, whoever, whoever did this, whoever was res- responsible behind the scenes, really had no respect for human life. Like, yeah, to use these girls like that as part of just a blackmail operation—it's mm-hmm. just ugly, man. Like, yeah, it's disgusting. And you know, <clears throat> I don't, uh, you know, I don't know who who this is will offend, but Israel doesn't have a great track record. For treating non-Israelis as human beings, you know, absolutely not. Especially if they're not paying, uh, paying their their share. Yeah. I don't know. It's just really strange. And it kind of it it, it kind of makes it a piece of the puzzle, like who and why, you know, Israel is being paid all this money. Like uh, because under Clinton, Israel got a ton of money. Right. Under under Bush, I think they did too. Uh, hmm. But more from the more from the religious right, I would think. That's my feeling I, I, on it. I feel like they get a lot of like kind of backing and you know like elevation of status in the world because they're essentially the one Middle Eastern country that's super friendly with the West, like outside of like but are, Saudi is Arabia. That, is that super friendly if they're spying on us? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's, it's hard to see. We're getting caught in the weeds. I think this whole. Uh, we're not gonna crack the Israel thing no, right now. No shit. <laughs> uh, the whole um, being busted in New Hampshire thing, like, so the FBI was tracking her for months. Right. They just didn't. They're they're saying they just didn't want to move in because of Corona. Which is bullshit. Which is bullshit. Have you have you like heard about what's happened with her since she's been in prison? No. Or she's in jail. No. She's reportedly, you know, 
and we need to really be watching this. Kind of the game is they're moving her like from cell to cell to cell to, you know, quote unquote, you know, ensure that she's not, you know, injured while she's in jail. Okay. Or that she doesn't injure herself. Huh. You know, she's, she's, she's been given paper clothes and she's being moved, like she's constantly being shifted around. Okay. Um, I think we need to watch that because I mean, you know, that game where like the person has like three cups and maybe like a ball under one of the cups and they're just kind of <laughs> shifting it around. Yeah. I feel like that's what's happening here. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, that, that's how, I think that's how, that's, I think that's the end game here. Yeah. Uh, they they want to make, I don't know. Sounds about right. <laughs> it's it just, you know, we need to be watching what they're doing. And, Damn it. Now I want to know what that game's called. Um, shit. It's played on the street in New York. <laughs> yeah. In, uh, in like Crocodile Dundee or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. It's enough. a way for you to get hustled out of your money. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We, we're not solving this. We're, we're yeah. just going to have to wait and see like the rest of the world. Yep. But I would like to know what the death pool is on her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, this you... shit's fucking nuts, dude. Did you read this? Wait, uh, I, I don't have a link to the Wayfair article. So no, no, no. To... No, that's not a link. There, there's no link. I just want to the... talk about it. Uh, oh, actually, yeah, it's... <laughs> I have it pulled up on Reddit because Reddit had some uh, some good points, you know? It's mainly questions. I don't know, man. I, I, so far, I think it's funny. That's all I'm gonna say. Wayfair? The Wayfair thing, yes. Why is it funny? I don't know. I don't. I don't think there's enough to it that I've seen. So really? If, if, if there's more that I don't know about, I'm happy to be wrong. Well, no. But, so the way I'm looking at it, and I kind of wanted to save this for after, but because there's some crazy shit. But uh, there's not much to go on right now. It's like all you know speculation at this point right. because nobody's actually investigating it they're just taking wayfair's word for everything but my feeling about it is this was if you know if the human trafficking part of it is in any way true which i i'm not saying it's not i'm not saying it is but if it were this would be a great way to launder the money because i completely disagree with you <laughs> really why would you launder your money to, like, an incredibly popular website that anybody can access, like, and accidentally potentially finance? Because there's deniability. You're getting, you're paying for a product that actually exists, even though it's way overpriced. But nobody's, nobody's going to look into it, not that I know of, uh, because, you know, the explanation they give just seems like everybody's dismissing it as uh, kind of an internet hoax. Okay, well, what's the explanation that you heard? That Wayfair is selling, you know, uh, a cabinet that should cost at maximum $200 for upwards of $13,000. Okay. They're naming that cabinet the same names as uh, girls that have gone, or, you know, children that have gone missing. Um, and uh, is that it? Is that what's going on? That's all that I've heard. Yeah. But and the 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 third the third thing is Wayfair's explanation of what's happening is completely ridiculous. Okay, what is that? Uh, they're saying that it was a placeholder that those items were there to become something else in the future, and they just the information wasn't filled out correctly, which makes no sense to me. I mean, having you know, uh, maintained a, a large website, you would never put something live on the front end that was just so ridiculous. Like, they're, you know, 
It just doesn't add up. Plus, they took them all down, and there's no products. I mean, it just doesn't add up. Like, they, they denied it, they gave a silly explanation, and then they destroyed the evidence? I don't know. Uh, it's just weird to me. Like, that is what kind of threw a little gas on the fire for me. I don't know. I just think if, if you're going to engage in human trafficking and, and literally buy a human being, there are way easier ways to do that on the internet. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 they're, they're, like, the whole Silk Road thing is specifically set up to do these sorts of things, you know? Right, but wouldn't Silk Road be... I mean, that's a known thing that people would be watching. Wayfair is kind of just out in the open and people wouldn't understand like why something was this amount of money they just wouldn't know, order they just would never order it you know it, it was really exorbitant like thousands and thousands of dollars way more than it should be yeah but i mean why are you going to like log on to your regular ass computer with your regular ass browser and go on a regular ass Wayfair and leave because so it, many cookies no but here's the thing though like you're going to leave like this long trail of evidence that says your computer connected to this to purchase this that you know is being suspected of human trafficking and then you're going to like you know have that purchase be delivered to whatever address you tell it to deliver to and then you're going to no, create no. this whole long trail no no <laughs> i'm not i'm that's why i'm saying it'd be a good way to launder the money because the girl the the little girl and this was made a, into a joke i think to dismiss this whole thing nobody's shipping a person inside this cabinet you know that that's I'm saying that's just how the money is going to look legitimate because you're buying an actual product. But you're still creating a paper trail of that transaction. That's a horrible idea. But no, nobody. I don't think it's so a bad. I don't think it's a bad idea because nobody thing, knows. Nobody knows anything about a child being t connected to this. But if one and, guy and they no, and they still <laughs> don't like it's so nobody's gonna. I mean, all they have to do is shut down the operation. Obviously, you know. Uh, it threw up some red flag. Uh, I don't know who was involved in it, but uh, I, I really don't see anyone getting in trouble for this I, I just, because I, it was already explained away, and nobody's nobody's gonna hunt what what is behind it. I don't know. I just think that that's like not. I don't know. Where you see stupidity, I see genius. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It it just seems like a really bad idea to like when there are better ways to conceal your traffic and there are better ways to your activity you know to do these sorts of things to do it through like the most obvious detectable way is just really irresponsible <laughs> like it's just not it, it doesn't make sense so i'm not buying the conspiratory angle on the way well another another aspect of it is apparently wayfair is connected to like internment camps or something like that yeah they were selling uh furniture to the camps for sure that, that's completely provable with a paper trail ice camps yeah okay and someone someone was connecting missing children from the ice camps to wayfair i don't, I don't know the ins and outs of it i mean and if that is indeed the situation you know you would be able to compare a list of names of people that are you know interned in the camps versus this wayfair thing and you know maybe you could build a case from there i have not seen that yet. i don't know uh I'm, i i I don't think the work is there. I think, you know, shitting on Wayfair already just because they sell to the ice camps is enough. <laughs> like, that, that's, yeah. that's enough reason to not buy from them and, you know, fuck that company forever. But I don't know. That's just my opinion. I don't, I don't think one, I think they're, I think they should probably be uh, treated as two separate things. But because, I mean, this, 
this weird expensive uh cabinet thing pillow thing whatever should probably be investigated somehow i i think there's just more to it than than we're seeing and i'm curious i mean i'm not i'm not dis- dismissing it i mean, i'm curious but i'm critical of it yeah sure. yeah you should be you should be of every all of these uh weird things um let's move on speaking of human trafficking <laughs> i thought that was super interesting though because it came out of nowhere like it just came out of nowhere, you know? And it's yeah. like this big, big thing that's pretty much unsolvable unless, you know, hackers or official uh, government agencies get involved. We'll probably yeah. never know. But I mean, also, like, whenever I see stuff like that come out, you know, it makes me think about things like, you know, like Project Mockingbird, you know? Who, who would benefit from, like, putting that kind of, like, noise and bullshit, like, out into the world where people are already you know, using their access to information to, you know, kind of untangle a lot of the things that we see going on in the world, you know? It's um, like, well, uh, the easy answer would be it's a diversion from something else. I mean, it, it's or, just... It's, or someone's calling attention to it. Well, yeah, and, then, and that's the thing, is like, just creating that doubt and creating that, you know, uneasiness. Yeah. Like, that's already creating a diversion in and of itself. Right. So, I mean, I mean, who's to say and I think Wayfair's stock went from like I think it I think it actually went up after this, <laughs> which is kind of uh, odd. Yeah. Anyway, well, they, they the CEO uh, ended up having to step down overall. Do what? The CEO had to step down. Oh really? Yeah, he's gone. Really? Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. That does. <laughs> that's the first I'm hearing of it, and I'm like, huh, that's kind of fishy. But I mean, like that could just be like a more failure to handle the issue. I mean, who knows? You know, it's like that's just, that's the thing about this stuff. You need, you need more. It's just like as of right now, it's just you know, hmm. it's I don't feel like there's enough to it to warrant. I don't know burning down the factory building. Well, I mean, there's other reasons to burn down the factory, but you know. yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll see what's happening uh, by next episode, and we'll cover it if anything happens. Yeah. Uh, Dutch police discover secret torture site in shipping containers. Uh, like I was saying, speaking of human trafficking. What the uh, fuck? Okay, so authorities in the Netherlands have discovered an apparent torture chamber site that's been hidden inside a shipping container. It was lined with, like, soundproof material and filled with, like, torture devices. Uh, officers raided the warehouse at, uh, Wauze Plant Plantage. <laughs> I guess that's how you say that. Uh, in the, at the Dutch-Belgian border on June 22nd, they arrested six men suspected of kidnapping and hostage taking. Uh, they found those six shipping containers, uh, which had been converted from converted to what people believe are prison cells, as well as a stash of weaponry, including pruning shears and loppers. Uh, yeah, this is like some hostile shit. Uh, but one of the units had a dental chair inside and had straps for the hands and feet on the chair. Uh, there was a sea container with a dental chair uh, con- contain- that contained bags that were presumably intended for uh, torture, or at least to put pressure on the victims. Like, there were bags that were putting over their heads and stuff. Uh, they found pruning shears, loppers, a branch saw, scalpels, pliers, extra handcuffs, finger cuffs, tape, balaclavas, black cotton bags that were pulled over the head. Uh, they raided a home in Rotterdam, which uh, yielded 24 kilos of MDMA. Uh, which is kind of, that's a weird element to this story. If you're going to be torturing people, you're going to do that on ecstasy? Really? <laughs> I mean, okay, that's weird. Uh, they found uh, three stolen delivery vans, two BMWs, seven handguns, a Chinese variant of the AK-47. They found 25 weapons total. Um, yeah, so apparently these guys were 
snatching people off the street and torturing them in these shipping containers. Man. Or, you know, doing God knows what. That's so crazy. Yeah, I mean... Have you seen The Gentleman? I have not. Uh, kind of reminds me of that movie. Yeah. But uh, European uh, drug drug dealers are... Uh, seems like they, <laughs> they want to take it to the next level. Yeah. Everybody wants to be fucking... Uh, what's his name? Uh, El Chapo. El Chapo, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... that's you know, the, the most successful drug dealers are those dudes, you know, so... Yeah. I mean, surely there's going to be a European equivalent, but yeah. I don't know, I mean, there's there's not really... I don't know, I mean, aside from the MDMA, that's like it, you know, that links to any sort of drug things, but... Yeah. Um, I wonder how they came across all this. I mean, who knows, it doesn't really oh, say. Inc- they came across an encrypted chat network. Encrochat, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, they never actually kidnapped and killed or tortured anyone, they were just planning it. Oh wow, that's a lot of resources to put towards something that uh, failed. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing is, I don't believe it failed. I don't think maybe they know the full extent of it. Like maybe they just found you know a section of it. You know, really? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't that's think a, that that's that's a lot for just six dudes to be. There's arrested, a, exactly. You know? There's way more to this than we know yet. Yeah, sure. I mean, where was all that MDMA going? Yeah. But I mean, uh, like this, this this thing that they're using, this EncroChat, uh, saying that it offered uh, secure mobile phone instant message servicing, uh, instant messaging service, excuse me. And uh, it was a criminal marketplace like Silk Road used uh, by 60,000 people worldwide for coordinating the distribution of illicit goods, money laundering, and plotting to kill rivals. Hmm. See, see, I mean, this kind of shit happens on the dark web. It's not happening on fucking Wayfair. <laughs> like, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted... Your your very uh, non-private money, like I think it would be accessible to people that weren't criminals, like career criminals, you know, deep dark yeah. web criminals, just pedophiles. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? You know, in some ways, this next story might be darker than that. Yeah. I mean, well, we don't know yet. Uh, we don't know yet, but you know. So. This guy, Dr. Thinking Raphael. about the worst that could happen, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm, my brain just goes straight to zombies, but anyway. Uh, yeah, this guy, Dr. Raphael Machulam, well, Machulam uh, he has, he's been working on, like, cannabis research, like, for, you know, for, for medical purposes for a long time ago, for a long time. And he's been, uh, I guess they found a way to, like, synthesize this acid that's, like, really deep in, like, the cannabis, you know, molecules or whatever. Yeah. And basically, it's more powerful as far as, I mean, they're, they're basically saying this is like kind of like the next step in, you know, medical cannabis research. And I don't like it. I, I feel like this is how you get, you know, this is how you wind up with like uh, opioids. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, like, uh, you know, I was <laughs> I was talking to a friend, right? And he was telling me about these health problems that he's going through. Okay. And he was saying that he creates certain things <laughs> that help him with pain. Yeah. And you know, this guy is is a pretty responsible person. He's a he's an older guy and uh he's just doing it to sleep at night and that's it. He's not trying to like get high, you know? He's right. he, he's not trying to enjoy himself. He's trying to, you know, just survive the pain that he's in and uh it's from a you know certain medical conditions going on but the stuff he was telling me about was 
pretty out there, man. Like, and there's a community around it about, you know, with for people with cancer and other stuff that do these drugs to help them with pain and to manage, you know, their everyday life. Yeah. And I'm not talking about, you know, weed. Right. I am talking about weed, but just there's more than that, you know? Right. And I'm 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 talking to him and I'm just like realizing that I I'm completely out of the loop. Like I I didn't know that this kind of stuff was accessible or, you know, any independent person could manufacture something like that. Yeah. Uh and I don't really want to talk about what it is. Uh but people that know about drugs might be able to read between the lines, but it, it it's uh it's all pain related and but it's not even oxy. Like it's it's right. nothing like that. Ah, damn it. I'll I'll tell you off air and maybe okay. you can help me explain it. Okay. But uh there's really no need no need for this. Like <laughs> this guy is is taking the most potent part of of cannabis and basically what like like making he's yeah he's making an extract and and making it stronger yeah he's making like this he's taking this act this uh this acid that appears in the plant and he's extracting it and synthesizing it so you can get like a concentrated dose so marijuana has come so far from when i know you and me smoked it Mm -hmm. because we did and we we got pretty blasted when we were younger and uh had a great time by the way yeah me too it was awesome uh and uh then it just kind of got i don't want to say out of control but it became this massive industry where the people that made the strongest shit would make the most money Mm -hmm. and i think that's where this guy's coming in and just but he's also doing it with pharmaceutical company money yes that's what's scary yes but we we kind of already knew that's where it was going like well The pharmaceutical industry is not going to be, you know, brushed aside from all the billions in this market just because hippies want to smoke their grass, you know? Right. They're going to, they're motivated by profit. And if consumers don't fight back and say, hey, this isn't a drug, this is medicine or whatever the fuck, I don't don't know what the propaganda around it, the slogans, you know, but, uh. You know, it's supposed to be a natural thing, and if if these people get a hold of it, you know, you can make addicts out of something that you know is completely natural. Which you know, I don't know. It's weed is such a pure good thing, you know. Uh, It's fine the way it is. (laughs) And I'm not talking about like you know cartels moving it around or whatever. I'm saying it should be legal. Uh, You should be able to grow it. It's it's uh. It's not meant to go down this road, you know? It's not yeah, supposed we- to be the next fucking heroin, you know? Exactly. Or the next uh oxycontin. Yeah. I don't I don't think that's a good thing. I think I especially think it's the wrong time for this to be developed. For sure. I think that's how the matrix is going to happen, dude. <laughs> People are just going to be zoned out on this shit and be plugged into a mainframe. Yeah, yeah, we're all stuck at home. We're already kind of plugged in the mainframe anyway. So yeah. All right, you ready for yeah. some uh, murder and mayhem? Uh, sure. Is that what we're doing? Well, I mean, are we doing murder mayhem or question? But I don't oh, know. Uh, murder and mayhem. Okay. I sent you this, right? Awesome. 
I actually yeah, this know. Is, uh, <laughs> okay, this it. is uh, Jane uh, Toppin, also known as Jolly Jane Toppin, who uh, was born March 31st, 1854, and died on my birthday, October Sweet. 29th of 1938. Oh, uh, you're way older than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember this happening. Um, no, uh, it was so, in all the papers, see? Yeah. I, I remember I was like out on my street corner, you know, selling my papes. And, uh, no, anyway. Uh, let's see. <laughs> so, uh, she was, let's see. Okay, uh, Jane Toppin was born, uh, on Aura Kelly on March 31st, 1984. Uh, why did you say 1984? 1854, the daughter of, uh, Irish immigrants. Her mother, Bridget Kelly, died of tuberculosis when she was very young. Her father, Peter Kelly, was a well-known and eccentric, was well-known as an eccentric and abusive alcoholic, uh, nicknamed by those who knew him, uh, Kelly the Crack, as in Crackpot. So, Great start for a serial killer already. Um, let's see. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, in 1860, only a few years after his wife's death, uh, Kelly took his two youngest children, eight-year-old uh, Delia Josephine and six-year-old Honora, to the Boston Female Asylum, an orphanage for indigent female children. Uh, he surrendered both of his children. They never saw him again. Uh, it just says that you know, there, were, there was documentation, but it just says that the two kids were rescued from my miserable home. Um, there's no records that exist of their time at the asylum, but uh, reportedly, Delia became a prostitute, while her, her older sister, Nellie, who was not committed to the orphanage, was com- committed to an insane asylum. Uh, in November of 1862, less than two years after their father had left them, Anora Kelly was pl- placed as an indentured servant into the home of Miss Ansi Topin of Lowell, Massachusetts. Uh, she was never fully adopted by them, but it says that she took on their surname and, you know, was eventually known as a member of their family, even though she was just a servant. Uh, so, let's see. Okay, now it gets into, like, the motive of what she did. Uh, supposedly, uh, this lady... Well, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get into the murder first. Okay, so she was trained to be a nurse at uh, Cambridge Hospital. Yeah. And she, you know, she was well-liked, she was bright, she was friendly, everybody liked her. They called her Jolly Jane, you know. <laughs> I mean, so that's kind of indicative right there. Um, she would get close to her patients, and she picked her favorite ones. Uh, you know, her patients were normally like elderly and very, very sick. Uh, she would use them as guinea pigs for experiments with uh, morphine and atropine. Uh, she would alter their prescribed dosages just to see what it would do to their, ner- their nervous systems. So, you know, again, people fucking around with pharmaceuticals. Not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Let's see. She would spend a lot of time alone with her patients. She would make up fake charts and medicate them to drift in and out of consciousness. You know, and sometimes whenever they would drift out of consciousness, she would get into bed with them. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, she would just, uh, she was eventually like she got, she moved up a little bit. She got promoted to uh, this hospital, the, uh, the prestigious uh, Massachusetts General Hospital in 1989. Uh, she would, like, she was there for a little while, but she was dismissed for administering opiates recklessly. Uh, she became a private nurse after that. And started her real hardcore poisoning spree in like uh, 1895. Let's see. Oh, she killed her landlord. Yeah, she killed her landlord, which, you know, that's fine. I'll fuck with that. <laughs> and uh, she killed uh, her foster sister Elizabeth with a dose of strychnine. Dang. Uh, she moved in with an elderly man named Alton Davis and his family in Katomit. And uh, she was there, you know, kind of as a hospice nurse or something uh, to take care of him. Like, I guess like uh, his wife had died, which. She murdered him. She, you know, she murdered the wife, and then she, you know, within a couple of weeks, also in that, killed this guy and his sister and his two daughters. Uh, basically, she was just a creep. She would, you know, take care of people in hospice care and 
you know, she's, she's one of the, the these like angel of death serial killers. Right. You know, or she would move in, she would establish trust, and then towards the end of their life, she would just slowly over time poison people until she died. Until they died. Um, as far as her motives are concerned, like you know, she would like whenever like she she would uh like supposedly fondle her victims as they died. You know, to see she wanted to see how their souls were working through their eyes. Right. Uh, she said she derived a sexual thrill from uh, the patients being near death. And, you know, coming back to life and then dying again. Like, she was just, like, she got off on it. Yeah. And, yeah, she, she, I think she's, like, the first documented angel of death. See? Damn. So, she used, she used poison to uh, poison a housekeeper just enough so that she appeared drunk in order to steal her job and then kill the family. <laughs> That's fucking like crazy. The, it's like that movie Parasite. <laughs> I never saw that. Dude, you need to see Parasite. It's on Hulu right now. Okay. Like whenever we get off here, you need to watch it. All right, <laughs> really good. Uh, she yeah, even, so, she even poisoned herself to evoke the sympathy of men she was courting. Wow. God. Wow. Yeah. That like that is like a thing that just really trips me out. Like these people that like you know they 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 create like some sort of like medical thing around themselves to like evoke sympathy. Yeah. Like that's just such a strange mentality to me. Yeah. Just, and and and, and, it, and it happens so much too. I mean, there's like. Yeah, can't trust anybody, man. <laughs> Not even your nurse. Yep. Like gu- uh, gluten allergy? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, man, she wasn't a looker either. She looked like she could uh, wrestle. Yeah, but I know a lot of women from that period do. You know, there it was. it's a different time. Yeah. You know? Lots of milk. Milk in the diet. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Lots of, lots of peas porridge hot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Um, damn, she died at age eighty-four. That's 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 a hardy lady, man. Dude, she must have uh, really sucked the souls of of people she was killing. I guess so. You I don't mean, just live that long in from you know eighteen fifty-four to nineteen thirty-eight. Those are some yeah. hard. Those are some hard years. Yeah, that's a person that saw the Civil War and World War Two. Yeah, wow, <laughs> that's pretty insane. No, not World War Two. World War Two. Well, the start of it, you know. The start of it in Germany getting rowdy in uh, Europe. Yeah, crazy, crazy lady, Jolly Jane. Yeah. All right, you ready for That's some awesome. Fran questions? Sure. All right. You're gonna have to start because I don't even know if I have any. Okay, I got like th- I got three people that asked several questions, so okay, I'm just gonna kinda, I'm gonna kind of skip around a little bit. Okay, so McKinley Foss asks, uh, "What's your favorite kind of weed?" Oh wow, uh, I don't know if people are gonna like this answer or not, but I like what I call Mexican dirt weed. <laughs> uh, I like the weakest <laughs> of the weak, the Reggie of the Ridge. Yeah, and, uh, I don't like nothing else. Everything else can kiss it. Like, I mean, it's kind of like funny that we even get these kind of questions because, like, you and I, you know, like I haven't smoked weed in like probably almost ten years. Wow, it's probably, yeah, it's been a, you know, it's been not that long for me. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, because I mean, like you know, I've had jobs where like I get drug tested for the last really long period of time in my life. Right. So you know, weed's not really a thing I'm not I'm you know doing these days. Right. But I remember the last time, like when I was smoking weed. Uh, I was wondering if you were going to bring this up. <laughs> Go for well, it. Uh, well, I was just thinking about, uh, like, I, I had some kind of weed that like just smelled like Skittles. Hmm. It was amazing. And it was like, 
just right. Like it was never like super crazy. Like I never, you know, felt like I was going to fall off the earth or anything like that. But like, you know, you could just like take a couple hits and then put on an episode with uh, Morgan Freeman and you were good to go. Falling off the earth is a really good description of our last uh, brownie yeah. exploration. Yeah, I wasn't even like talking about that. I'm just talking about like regular ass weed. Yeah. We're talking about good weed, not bad weed. Like, no, no. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was a bad weed experience. My, <laughs> my craziest memory of you smoking weed is when you passed out walking to the bathroom. Oh, yeah, that was a nightmare. And you uh, smashed your head on the side of the tub, and we thought you were going to die. Oh, when I had that seizure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. And uh, we're... That doesn't, really fall... that doesn't really qualify under this question. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. But yeah, I just like uh, I like something really mellow that unlocks creative potential, and that's it. I don't I don't yeah. like to get blasted, you know, yeah. because when I when I get blasted into another dimension, and uh, you know, sometimes my my mind will go into some dark places, and it's not fun anymore, and I don't ever want to smoke weed again. So yeah. I got to make sure that I don't do that to myself. All right, and he's got another question. Worst gas station in Houston. Worst gas station. Uh, yeah. Any gas station that doesn't sell porn. Because <laughs> that's some lame shit. Okay. <laughs> any you, The best gas stations I go to have, like, the rack, you know? The rack yeah. of self-destruction. And uh, there's always, like, black bags and, uh, you know, Mexican horny comics and... Uh, just the weird, only place where you can get an issue of Cherry Magazine in 2020. <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> and next to it is a, a bootleg uh, Hong Kong toy rack, you know? The kind yeah, of yeah, spin yeah. around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those are the good ones. The worst ones, I, the worst ones, I would say, are the ones that try to sell you food that will kill you. <laughs> yeah. Not even because it's like unhealthy but because they just you know there's flies on it and like they made it yesterday the lady isn't even working that works behind the counter it's just some you know if you want a falafel you gotta talk to the guy selling cigarettes (laughs) i don't know yeah it's uh i guess there's good and bad about both but uh you're gonna face a little danger in the best ones and the worst ones i guess yeah my worst gas station, like the only one that I can think of, is like uh, this is this is a little over a month ago, and like I was in the third ward, like we're you know working on a skate spot or whatever, and we went to this oh, gas station. Oh, you gave it away. <laughs> third ward's not, really. not that big. Yeah, you're, you're not gonna find it. Okay. Um, so like we're working on the spot, and it, you know noon rolled around, so it was time to go buy some beer, and you know I was rolling with this guy, and we went in this gas station. It was like the closest one or whatever, and there were probably like. 10 or 11 people in this gas station. Like, like a lot of people inside the convenience store. And every single person, like, almost everybody in the store was engaged in an argument of some kind. Damn. Like, everybody was yelling about everything at each other. Like, there were, like, two or three guys that were, like, playing the slot machines, and one of them was yelling at the other dude, telling him what he needed to do and where he needed to bet so he could make some money. Uh, there was a woman that was trying to pay for something with change, and the guy behind the counter was yelling at her for trying to pay with change. She was yelling back at him. And, like, there were, like, three or four arguments, completely separate, that were taking place in this store. I think that was a CIA then, operation with, like, uh, electromagnetic radiation going on. <laughs> like, 
like, what would happen the, the, if this uh what was it uh ah oh, what are the cell towers that are giving people five G yeah what would happen if we put this five G tower inside of this uh convenience store yeah so it was like real weird like all there's like five different arguments taking place in the store right and then like you know I'm right behind the woman that's getting yelled at for trying to pay with change that's yelling back at the dude and he like runs her off and then like I come up with my case of beer and he's like. Okay, that'll be 22, whatever. Like, completely normal. <laughs> yeah. Like, just changed from, like, full-on having, like, a red-faced argument with this woman to completely flat normal. Yeah, that dude's gonna just, die of a heart attack. <laughs> it was weird. It was, like... It was, you can't go up and down like that without it, some kind of uh, repercussion. He just completely changed tone. It was, like, bizarre. And, you know, in my opinion, that was probably the worst gas station in Houston I've ever been to. It was just so strange and just nightmarish. It was, like, yeah. it was like a weird dream. Dude, something. those yeah. are all over town, though. Like, yeah. I can't go into a rundown... <laughs> excuse you. Uh, <clears throat> I can't go into a rundown uh, convenience store without some kind of drama happening. Yeah. Hey, uh, no, nah, you weren't there. Okay, never mind. Okay. <laughs> I, I, when I was in college, uh, I had an Elvis suit. <laughs> because, of course. And... Uh, you know, it's pretty embarrassing. You know, even at my thinnest, I'm shaped like a kidney bean. And uh, I would get drunk, put on the Elvis suit, and go across the street to the convenience store. I did this once. I didn't, you know, it wasn't a habit. But uh, the friendliness I received because I came in there and the guy at the counter had his two brothers. They were all in their, you know, late 20s, early 30s. But just the friendship... <laughs> That I felt as I as I went into that store was uh, pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, there used to be this guy that uh, whenever I lived in Shepherd that would go to the grocery store, and he he was like a full on like had like a pompadour and everything. Like he dressed like he he like dressed like Elvis like every day. But he, he was, I guess he like at one point he was an impersonator, but now he just like lived in Shepherd and he would go to the store all the just dressed kind of like Elvis. Wow. Like. He, he looked like Elvis, too. It was weird. It was, like, just really strange. Isn't it weird that like, Elvis never dressed like Elvis unless he was on stage, and that's how people would dress out in public? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really strange. Like, they, they like, dressed in Elvis's, like, stage costumes when they got. Yeah, they like, just go out to the grocery store in a sequin jumpsuit with a cape on it. Yeah. Elvis, Elvis never did that. No. No. Yeah, had, like, people that did that for Elvis him, would yeah. feel silly doing that. Yeah. Most I likely. So. That was for stage, man. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Anything? Any okay. other friend questions? Let's see. Uh, Jeff Benzos asks. Uh, I think this is kind of more directed towards me. Uh, yes. Uh, analog or digital when it comes to synth gear, like synthesizers. Um, can I get this one? I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go <laughs> no, I know hey. nothing. <laughs> I know nothing. Like in my personal setup, I use both. You know, I have like an analog synthesizer and like an analog drum machine and like a small analog modular unit but i use a computer too you know i think it's like stupid that people kind of draw a line in between the two because what, what's an analog know? drum machine well analog is like you know it, it's like it's not necessarily like it doesn't uh it's how can i explain it um like the the sounds are not being made like through a computer it's being made through like electricity going through a circuit you know hmm. and like but by manipulating the knobs you're controlling how much voltage goes through a particular circuit you know wow so it, and th and through that it makes it, it has like a different like sound quality like you know kind of like the difference between talking on a cell phone and talking on like a 
a rotary phone, you know? Yeah. You know, there, there's like a, there's like a certain warmth and there's like a certain vibration and like, there's a different tone that you get through talking on the rotary phone versus talking on a digital cell, you know? Yeah. Gotcha. And that, that's just, that's kind of like essentially the difference, but you know, some people are real purists about it and they like to have like all analog gear because it sounds warm. It has a warm low end and all this stuff. Yeah. But I think, I think that like a lot of the digital stuff sounds good and you know, you can do just as much cool stuff with the digital as you can with the analog as well. So I, I think people should mix it just however they like and kind of make their own weird sound, you know, instead of trying to be a purist and sound exactly like somebody else from, you know, 40 years ago. Yeah. Kind of stupid. I don't know. So, yeah, that's, that's my, my philosophy on synthesizers. <laughs> okay. And the last question I have is from, uh, Sammy B. Adams and it's a fuck, Mary kill serial mascots. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't even know if I can name enough to fuck, Mary kill. Who do we got? Sugar Bear? Yeah, for me, Sugar Bear is my fuck. <laughs> because he, he's kind of cool. He's got like a sensual vibe about him, you know? Yeah. All right. Who, so uh, we got we got the Honey Bee from uh, Cheerios. Yeah, there's Captain Crunch. You got Tony the Tiger, Tricks Rabbit, you know, the Sugar Snacks, Frog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got the little penguin off the box of Puffins if you want to be all Whole Foods about it. Uh, <laughs> we got Frankenberry. Frankenberry, Count Chocula. Blueberry, Count Chocula, yeah. Oh, jeez. I don't know, man. But they're all dudes. They're all dudes. That's true, yeah. There there are no female serial mascots. Oh, that's weird. It's weird, right? There's got to be one. I can't think of a single one. Like, not one that's like, you know, a character that's like derived to sell cereal. Mm. Like, is there, like, if, if any of our listeners know, like, please send us an email. That'd be great. But, yeah, I can't think of a single one. It's all dudes. So, yeah, Sugar Bear is my fuck, for sure. I would marry Tony the Tiger, because he seems like he could, like, get shit done around the house. <laughs> and I would kill Count Chocula, because fuck vampires. Okay. <laughs> what about oh, you? What you got? Okay, so I looked it up, and they said, they said uh, the bee in Honey Loops and Honey Pops is female, but... I don't think... No. I don't, I don't think, think that's American. <laughs> nah. What are Honey Loops? That sounds like an off-brand. I, I have no idea. I've never seen those in my life. Yeah. I'm just gonna, uh, I guess I would fuck, uh, Booberry because he's a ghost and I wouldn't really feel anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's not gay, right? Um. Who cares if it is, man? It's 2020, dude. <laughs> I would, I would admit my penis is in 1968. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I would marry uh, I would marry Captain Crunch because he'd be out at sea all the time and I wouldn't have to deal with him as much. Um, I would kill I'd kill Tony the Tiger because uh, I like I'd probably skin him and wear his uh, skin as a cape or something. That'd be cool. Because I love animal fur. It's my thing. <laughs> it's my sexual kink is animal fur. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That that that's my answer. Okay. As long as you're, like, fucking the first one in the Tony the Tiger suit, I can deal with that. <laughs> you got it. All right. That's all I got for prank questions. I got zilch. I got nothing. Ah. It's because I hashtag conspiracy on everything. My uh, my posts don't get seen. <laughs> um, expressed by the man. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's do some tinfoil tirade. Okay, so 
this isn't much of a it's not a supernatural thing it's just kind of like a interesting <laughs> thing okay. and uh i love i love ancient history especially when it brings up questions rather than gives the information but uh this is about the stone head of guatemala that history wants to forget that's the title of the article it was written in 2013 so uh take it with a grain of salt um i am getting this from ancient origins uh net so <laughs> take that for what it is uh over half a century ago deep in the jungles of guatemala a gigantic stone head was uncovered the face had fine features, thin lips, and large nose, and the face was directed up at the sky. Unusually, the face demonstrated Caucasian features, which were not consistent with any type of pre-Hispanic races of America. Uh, the discovery rapidly attracted attention, but just as quickly, it slipped away into the pages of forgotten history. Uh, news of the discovery first emerged when Dr. Oscar Rafael Padilla La Lara uh, a doctor of philosophy, lawyer, and notary um, received <laughs> notary public. Let me stamp that shit. Yikes. Uh, received photograph of the head in 1987, along with a depiction that the photograph was taken in the 1950s by the owner of the land where the head was found, and that it was located somewhere in the jungles of Guatemala. The photograph and story was printed in a small small article in the newspaper Ancient Skies, which was picked up and read by well-known explorer and author David Hatcher Childress, uh, one of our guest authors at AncientOrigins.net. Uh, he tracked down Dr. Padilla, who reported that he found the owners of the property, the Beaner, the Beaner family, uh, <laughs> on which the monolith was found. Uh, the site was 10 kilometers from a small village in La Democracia in the south of Guatemala. Uh, let's see. Uh, the region where the stone head was reported to have been found is actually already famous for stone he heads, which, like the stone found in the jungle, also face skyward. Uh, these are known to have been created by the Olmec civilization, which flourished between 1400 and 400 BC. The Olmec heartland was found in the Gulf of Mexico lowlands. However, the Olmec style artifacts, designs, monuments, and iconography have been found in sites hundreds of kil kilometers outside the Olmec heartland, including La Democracia. Uh, nevertheless, Stonehead's the Stonehead, depicted in 1950, 50s photograph, does not share the same features or style as the Olmec heads. Late Philip Copens, a Belgian author, radio host, and anomaly of the TV commentator, uh, questions whether the head is an anomaly of the Olmec period or whether it is part of an, another unknown culture that predated or postdated the Olmecs. Um, yeah, it's pretty nuts, dude. Have you seen the? Did you see the picture? Yeah. What do you think? Pretty, pretty weird. They, they remind me of like the Easter Island statues a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's, they're a little more, uh, I don't know, well crafted. I think. Yeah, definitely. Like the, the features are more pronounced, but like the kind of like the general, like the way the way that like it's posed, it like reminds me of that. Yeah, and if you look up the Olmec heads, uh, the Olmec heads are like they have more like african features like their lips are like really full their noses are real wide uh, yeah they just have kind of like full
fuller heads, you know. This is more like I don't know, a white person, I guess. If right. you're looking at it, if you look it up. Right. Um yeah, so uh Dr. Padilla said that uh he was in despair when he reached the site and found that the site had been obliterated. It was destroyed by revolutionaries about 10 years ago. We had located the statue too late. It was used as target practice by anti-government rebels. Uh, this totally disfigured it, uh, sort of the way the Sphinx in, Sphinx in Egypt had its nose shot off by the Turks, only worse. Uh, he yeah. said the eyes, nose, and mouth had completely gone. Uh, Padilla was able to measure its height between four and six meters, which the head resting on the neck, uh, and Padilla did not return again to the site due to armed attacks between the government forces and rebel forces in the area. Yeah. Sad. So this is like something, uh, a mystery that will never be solved because it just doesn't exist anymore. Nope. So, yeah, that's it. That's that. <laughs> that's crazy, man. Yeah. If you're uh, if you're listening to this, you should look up the uh, photographs of, of the... Uh, the Guatemalan head, and also look up the Olmec uh, statue. Pretty interesting. I like this website. It's got a lot of weird shit on it, and not outlandish weird shit. Just uh, history that you know most that's people like, kind of like weird. Like yeah, yeah. Well, Brennan, that's the show. Yep. Uh, thank you to LoneStarButtons.com. You should order some custom buttons that you have designed yourself, and Adam Stimpy Jones will hook you up with some great, high-quality merchandise. Uh, they also do bottle openers, mirrors, and magnets. Uh, to get in touch with the Lone Star, you can email info at LoneStarButtons.com, or you can call the owner, Adam Stimpy Jones, at 281-798-1996. Use the coupon code, I want to suck on your hairy tits. And get some buttons thrown in for free. We're also brought to you by Jessica Dieter, agent of insurance. Do you need insurance? Yes, please, for the love of God. Get some insurance before the oncoming reign of fire that's going to happen to our country and possibly the world. Uh, she can cover your home, automobile. Uh, she can get flood insurance for you, especially... Only if you're living in Texas, give her a call at 281-607-5263. You won't regret it. Uh, we're also brought to you by Destro's Treasure. That is an art gift site. Uh, they're on etsy.com slash shop slash Destro's Treasure. We feature a lot of merch made by me and my lovely wife, Jessica. So go check some out. Brennan, you're very satisfied with your coasters. I know you are. Yes, you won't shut up so. about them. All right. Uh, you got anything else, Brennan? <laughs> Whoa. Did you, just, <laughs> did you just crush a white claw on your skull? Yeah. <laughs> thanks, to rowdy, bro. thanks to Mockingbird Network. Uh, call 911. I don't know Brennan's address, but uh, just they know him by They'll name. They'll never take me alive. They know him by name. Uh, thank you to Mockingbird. Also, visit revengeoftheworld.com. New website coming soon, right, Brennan? Yes, sir. Uh, I hope you, oh man, I, I, we shouldn't talk about it. We should just, uh, do it and, uh, yeah. we'll see what happens after that. Let All chaos right. reign. Uh, yes. gently go fuck someone, please, please. Only you and no one else. Keep me drawn
can't help myself And now I'm crawling back After all you've done to me The times you've turned me Cause I love you I'm crawling